0: Sick of pinket and trinket? Us too. That's why we trust Isle Royal Outfitters as our source for women exclusive hunting and fishing apparel. Their products are meticulously field tested, incorporating new solutions to ensure all apparel is silent, scent free, and designed specifically for women so nothing stands in the way of your hunt. With a woman first approach and exclusive camo prints, you can ensure these products will not only stand up to your time in the field, but can also be utilized in everyday life check out isleroyaloutfitters.com and use code ARTEMIS20 for 20% off your next purchase. That's isleroyaloutfitters.com and code ARTEMIS20. Artemis endeavors to get more women in the field and on the water, to support women as leaders in the conservation movement, to ensure the vitality of our lands, waters, and wildlife. Artemis endeavors to change the face of conservation.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Artemis podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Chance, and we are joined today by my co-host, Marsha Brownlee. Hey, Marsha. Hey, Ashley. How's it going?
0: It's good, you know, off to (laughs) a rocky start this morning, but uh, hitting my stride. I feel optimistic.
1: Yeah, so listeners, we are starting this podcast only forty-five minutes after the planned start time, <laughs> thanks to
0: some technical
1: difficulties. Um, but that's okay. Our guests today are very patient and I can already tell wonderful <laughs> guests is Becca Garris. Hey Becca.
2: Hi guys. Hey Becca. How are you?
1: How are you doing, Becca?
2: I'm doing good. How are you guys?
1: We're
0: we're
2: good. <laughs>
1: good. Um, so I'm we can to hear. Talk to
0: you. Sorry, I'm excited to talk to you. Delve into this conversation.
1: Yes, and I would also like to introduce our um, guest our 2.0. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Becca, do you want to tell us who that is?
2: Okay. My daughter Isabella. She will probably be here throughout the whole thing.
1: Becca, we're happy to have you, and we're happy that Isabella is joining us as well. Because our topic today, one of the things I want to dive into is motherhood and hunting. Um, so it's very appropriate that she's joining us. Yes, it is. So, uh, Becca, one thing that we like to ask folks to learn a little bit about them is what they have in their freezer.
2: Can you share with us? Um, right now I have a couple squirrels. I have a few packs of venison left, I think from last year and maybe a rabbit but our freezer our wild game is running kind of low so i'm really hoping to get at least one deer this fall.
0: It is that time of year where everybody's scraping yeah. the bottom of the freezer. Yes, exactly.
1: It is that
0: time we also have almost
1: nothing left. There's like we have a bunch not a bunch. We have a few whole ducks which are like our our most um, holiest of <laughs> wild game, I guess, like these ducks that we've so carefully plucked and prepared and we're, j- I don't know, we should just eat them, but that's all that's left. Cause we've been saving them for a special occasion, but we are, we are also very bare bones in our freezer. Yeah. It always this time of year. So can you tell us a bit about who you are?
2: Yeah. Um, I was actually born and raised in Northern New Jersey. And I grew up hunting fishing with my brothers and sisters. My dad uh, was a big hunter. He still is. Um, And I started bow hunting when I was about 16. And then a couple of years ago, I switched to traditional bow hunting, which is what most people know me as a traditional bow hunter. What prompted you to make the switch? So I just felt like I wasn't really challenging myself anymore with a compound bow. so. I always loved the idea of hunting with a traditional bow, and I decided to finally just do it. I felt like it was time to just do it, and I ended up loving it. And I actually sold my compound bows and hunt strictly traditional now.
0: Wow. So, Becca, I'm curious. I, um, I've i only been hunting for about the last six years, and I'm a rifle hunter, and I'm considering transitioning into bow. And I'm curious if there if there's, like, can you – Talk a little bit about the difference um, at, like that you feel in a field using a compound versus a traditional bow. So the biggest difference is distance.
2: With a traditional bow, most of your shots are going to be 20 yards and under. With a compound, you can sort of stretch it out a little bit more. Um, and then another big difference that I've talked about in some articles I've done um, is that with a compound bow... When you're hunting with a compound, you rely on release and your sight and everything like that. And with a traditional bow, it's just you and your bow. So if you mess up, it's you. It's not It's not your equipment, most likely. It's just you. Okay. Well, I was just saying
1: how inept I feel with a compound bow currently that the idea of um, graduating someday to a traditional bow is like a pipe dream for me.
2: I mean, if you really want really to, want, I feel like if anyone puts the work in, they can do it. It's just, it's a lot more work than a compound bow. And that's why a lot of people, they'll try it and then they'll realize how much work it is. And then that's what makes a lot of people quit. Gotcha. Okay, so this leads me into...
1: Becca, I, excuse me if I just start grilling you on the logistics <laughs> of yeah. being in the field with your child, but I really need this information. So <laughs> first and foremost, talking about having to get um, so close to an animal with a traditional bow, how do you do that with a baby or a toddler? Or
2: Well, <laughs> it is very difficult. Um I feel like maybe, I thought maybe this year was going to be easier because she's older, but she likes to talk a lot more now. So <laughs> it may be harder. Um, I have only got two deer so far with her on my back. Um, we've got quite a few squirrels, but
0: How when old she is was she- younger,
2: she would, she's three, she just okay. turned three when she was younger, she would fall asleep in the backpack. So it wasn't like, I would walk around until she fell asleep and then I could either keep moving or I could just stop and sit and wait. So I, I was hunting differently than I would without her, but not significantly different. Sure. Okay. That's interesting. What something that
1: I'm battling right now, you're in Ohio. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit different, but mosquitoes and bugs mm. and like i know she's not gonna die if she gets bit by a mosquito
0: but <laughs> but she's gonna she, be rather unhappy <laughs> yeah and
1: she's so chubby and tender i would just like to avoid that so how yeah. do
2: you um what talk about that so i use tender. all natural bug spray i don't put it on her skin i just put it on her clothes and like her carrier and on myself i don't mm-hmm. use like the really strong stuff that has like deaton all that in it um, I just use all natural stuff, which doesn't always work as well. You have to apply it more often, but it still does work. Sure. We did what?
0: that podcast episode a while back. I can't remember. I think it was Bibi out of North South Carolina who mentioned that um, special Victoria's Secret lotion scent that also acts as a bug deterrent. <laughs> it's a true story. Um, I'll have to look up the name of it. But uh, do you ever use nets in the field with for her?
2: I haven't. See, I don't feel like the mosquitoes are, like, that bad here. They're kind of bad in, like, spring turkey towards the end, but they don't usually bother us that
0: much. It's more flies. Yeah, like the black Mm. flies of Michigan, I remember. Those are
2: Yeah, but it also depends on what type of area you're hunting. Like, if we just hunt the hardwoods, like, open woods and stuff like that, we don't really get bothered that much. Gotcha. And you can use, like, thermosal and stuff.
1: Yeah, so that's what else I was thinking. Like, maybe thermosal. I... Yeah. Whenever, so I spent a lot of time darting deer in grad school. I researched deer and so I had to catch them and put GPS collars on them. And mm-hmm. this was down in Mississippi. And so it's like we were in the swamp, literally. And so you could not, I repeat, could not <laughs> sit in a stand without a thermocell. And I was just like breathing that smoke in all day, every day. And I was like, whatever, I'm willing to sacrifice my health for the, you know, whatever the health implications of this are. I don't care in the moment, but now with the baby, I'm like, is this okay? I don't know.
2: Yeah. I actually, I have a but I haven't used it when I was out with Isabella. Um, I don't know why I just haven't.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. It sounds like some of the strategies we can employ is location, location, yeah, I mean, location. Yeah. There's
2: definitely options. And since I don't, I mean, I don't live in an area where it's super bad. So my advice not work might not work for everyone, but like the Midwest general areas, I think would probably, my advice would probably work. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I want to back up
1: on the subject of squirrel hunting right before I rushed into the house prematurely to record this podcast, it turned out, um, I was trying to shoot a squirrel in the front yard and my husband shot one. And then he came in and was like, they're, they're cutting up out there. Go, go, go get one. So they were until I walked out there, I swear squirrels, they just know, like they know where our property boundary is. They know (laughs) when we're going to get the mail or when I have a pellet rifle in my hand. Um, and I was standing there thinking about, I know that you Have have harvested squirrels with your traditional bow, and I was standing there with the pellet rifle, craning my neck to look up at the sky and thinking, how (laughs) does she do
2: this? (laughs)
1: And with a kid on your back?
2: Yeah, you have to be really sneaky, and that's why I, when I post pictures, I'm usually only holding one. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's not very often that I go out and I get like a whole bunch of squirrels. Usually it's like just one, and I don't get one every time. Yeah, it's hard. They're hard, but it's a lot of fun because you don't feel like you have to be like, as quiet, and you don't have to be scent free or anything like that. And it's it's just a fun experience for her.
0: I feel like uh, small game hunting, uh, and to a certain extent, like upland hunting, is this um, balance of being just on a walk in the woods. Yes, um, exactly. And taking advantage of game when you when you come across it, as opposed to like yeah. deer hunting, where you are there for a purpose and one purpose. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, there's a lot less pressure when you're small game hunting, like, for your kid to be quiet and everything else. And, like, she can get down out of her backpack and walk if she wants. Oh, that's
1: nice, I'm sure. Is it... Okay, so many questions going through my mind right now. Where do I start? One. Okay, with the traditional archery, I know, like, for shooting a compound bow, I just switch out my arrow tips to judo tips for small game. Not, I don't do this commonly, but I've tried to shoot rabbits before. Um, Can you do the same
2: thing with your arrows or what do you? So in my experience with traditional archery, I've found that it's best to just use broadheads for squirrels just because they're so tough. Mm. Um, I've had experiences where I used a blunt or like a field tip with a collar and it didn't kill the squirrel. So I generally just use whatever I'm using for deer is what I use for squirrel. With rabbit, I will use blunt, but I also run dogs when I hunt rabbits. I oh, so cool. don't really want to risk using a broadhead.
0: Yeah.
1: What what kind of dogs do you run? Uh, I have a beagle. Okay. We have a yeah. a good friend of mine here has a bunch of beagles and I've been rabbit hunting with her, but certainly not with a bow. So that sounds like again, next level.
2: I always tell people that um rabbit hunting, I feel like it's it's meant for traditional because it, it it's truly instinctive hunting. Like your shots are going to be so quick. So it's a really good way to just, you just shoot. You don't. You can't even think about it. You just shoot, and it's just a lot of fun. Man, that does sound like fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: How do you practice for something like that? Or is um, it just field so, based? <laughs> um, practicing
2: for like rabbits and moving, moving targets. I'll throw cardboard boxes in the air and just shoot at them. What you have to Ooh. do really quick to do that because I usually fill them with like newspaper or something, just a small cardboard box and then I tape it shut and then I throw it or my husband and I have like thrown them for each other too,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but usually I just throw it myself.
1: That's cool. Yeah,
2: yeah that's really fun. cool. So one
1: of the things that I'm trying to make sure I do as I develop my mm-hmm. strength and skills around archery is make sure that I'm releasing using back tension as much as possible yeah. And I say that without feeling like I really understand what that means. So could you talk about that?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole back tension thing does uh, translate through to traditional archery. It's the same basic concept, you know, form and release are very important. So when I shot a compound, my dad would always tell me that your release needs to surprise you. You don't want to actually pull your release by moving your finger. You want to tighten your back muscles to move your finger back. And then your release will go off. So that's something that I practice when I was with a compound. And it's the same basic concept with a traditional bow as well. You also want your release to be a surprise. You don't want to just snap shoot and your arrow goes everywhere.
1: How can you just... make it a surprise when you have to open your hand for it to happen?
2: I mean, you do have to open your hand, but you want the string to somewhat more slide off your fingers. It's not so much about, your hand moving and it's more about the string moving I want to say mm. I don't know if that could make sense
0: it, no, it <laughs> totally makes sense I'm just trying to
2: yeah, yeah I conceptually imagine it. it makes sense yeah. but
1: in practice I think it's something that's to me right now very difficult
2: yeah for especially yeah it's that's one of the hardest things both content and traditional is making sure that you have proper release because that's if you're not consistent with that, you're not going to be consistent shooting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Interesting.
1: Okay.
0: Do you have a release word? Like, I know um, some archers will um, practice a, a release word for timing. And, but this is only with compound. I haven't ever talked to anybody about it with traditional bow. Like I, a friend, I've actually,
2: ne- I've actually never uh, heard of that. So no, yeah, no. I never have
0: either. <laughs> well, I'm. I. You should get somebody who knows more what they're talking about than I do <laughs> to elaborate <laughs> on it.
1: Marsha, can you? T- what was their word? Just out of curiosity.
0: <laughs> Katniss. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and it was him. It was his word, which just made uh, it that much better.
1: That's excellent.
0: But it was like. Like breathe, release, cat ness. Okay. I
1: see. I do try to, Becca, is this important? I do try to take a breath in and then release on the out breath, just like if I was shooting a rifle.
2: Yeah. I mean, that does, that does help. It's, you know, like you need a whole like system of what works for you. What works for you might not be exactly what works for someone else. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. You just need to like have your own process. Gotcha.
0: I, I feel like we have a good mix here because I know nothing Ashley knows more and you know, more so yeah. <laughs> we got like a nice little staggered knowledge base. So I'm going to ask a super, I know nothing question. I'm curious how, um, if you could go into a little bit more depth about how you fit a traditional bow beyond the weight, the yes. draw weight.
2: So you, the draw weight plays a big part, but also the length of the bow itself The shorter the bow, generally, the more stack you're going to have. So, the more of the weight you're going to feel when you draw. Um, But other than that, like, there's not much else that comes into play with a traditional bow, so to speak. Like, every bow is going to shoot a little different. But for the most part, you just go by the length of the bow and the draw weight. Okay. And most bows, traditional bows, the draw weight that's listed on them is that is the draw weight when it's drawn to 28 inches. So if you have a draw length that is shorter or longer than 28 inches, your draw weight will be different than what's listed on the bow. Got it. Interesting. Do you know... Go ahead, (laughs) Marsha.
0: One last question, and then I know Ashley's got a million more. But um, So then is there any sort of preference for a a longer bow or a shorter bow depending on what game you're pursuing
2: um most people prefer to shoot a longer bow just because it feels better not 100 they're like there's exceptions to everything I'm telling you mm-hmm. <laughs> um I like shorter bows if I'm hunting out of a blind but overall there's not really it just comes down to personal preference okay why is,
1: do you know why 28 inches is like the standard that everything else goes off of?
2: I think it's just because it's pretty much like an average draw length for the most part.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Another question I had
2: circling back when we were talking
1: about small game hunting, do you have a lot of trouble recovering your arrows?
2: Um. Well, I'm very, very selective about my shots. I don't take, like if I'm squirrel hunting, I don't usually take shots up into the trees and if I am rabbit hunting I generally use flu -flu arrows which have the really big fletchings on them and they don't go as far and they usually end up sticking straight up out of the ground oh that's nice yeah
1: so I do prefer them for rabbit so if I'm not mistaken you also spend a good amount of time bow fishing
2: yes I do that's my favorite thing to do in the summer yeah,
1: bow fishing is awesome. i I did it a little bit in high school and haven't really been able to do it since then. But I mean, tell us about that because I had so much fun the few times that I did it.
2: yeah, it's awesome. yeah, so um I taught myself probably eight or nine years ago, um, I found an old bow fishing reel and some arrows in my dad in the basement, my mom and dad's house, and I asked my dad if I could have it. Um, I just set up a old youth compound bow and it's awesome it's just a lot of fun and it was something that's like it's very interesting for Isabella as well yeah how does it work I mean okay can
1: you walk us through like you wake up in the morning today you're gonna go bow fishing how do you get out of the house with her and associated equipment
2: (laughs) so here's the thing I've learned about hunting bow fishing pretty much anything with a kid is you have to adjust your plans to fit them like my plans are never super concrete with her. Whenever she wakes up, we'll get up, we'll have breakfast, all my coffee, whatever. And then we'll head out the door and go. Like it could be super early. It could be, you know, mid morning by the time we get out the door. And then I don't have a I don't have a boat, so to speak. I have a raft. I have an inflatable raft. So I either wade the banks or we go on the raft.
1: Oh, that's cool. I guess that makes it easy to move around by yourself then too,
2: huh? Yes. Yes, it is. And my husband actually works night shift. So his schedule is like opposite my schedule, which is hard sometimes. So that's why I always feel like I need to be very, be able to be very independent when I'm hunting or fishing or whatever, because either he's sleeping or working or he's just opposite schedule of what we are gotcha yeah wow okay
1: I'm doing a lot of hard pivots in this episode because I'm just trying to mine Becca for all of the knowledge that she has so (laughs) listeners please bear with us so I have a a, currently a four-month-old daughter and I'm trying to figure out how to get into the field this fall as much as possible with her one of the challenges I'm struggling with currently is not being able to have her on my back because she's just a little bit too young to be in a bat carrier currently yep. Yep. what how old is Isabella your first season and what did that look like
2: so she was probably she was six months old and I started taking her out like on hikes and rabbit hunting she was born in August so like she was really too little and she came home from the hospital and it was deer season but she was way too little still I didn't really feel comfortable taking her out when she was a newborn So the first real hunting I did with her was turkey season in the spring. She was eight months old, and she wanted to nurse so frequently that having her in the back carrier just wasn't convenient. So I actually put her in a soft front carrier, and then whenever I stopped, I would just take her out, and we would just sit there. I would bring an extra blanket and some toys and snacks and stuff, and she would just sit beside me. And I was was super nervous. I don't really know why I didn't even really share a whole lot about it on social media, but I just felt so nervous about taking her the first few times. And I just, I just tell everyone now, just if you're, if you're nervous, you're worried, just, you know, take it slow. Don't stay out there super long. And it was, it was way better than I thought it would be. It was a lot of fun.
1: That does sound fun. I, I can empathize with this nervous feeling just because, um, when Charlie was first born, I was on maternity leave. I had a horse and just the first few times taking her out to the barn with me. I mean, I would just, I didn't do any riding. I would just like catch my horse in the field and brush her and then Mm -hmm. feed her whatever. But even just that was so intimidating to me at that time.
2: Yeah. I don't know if it's just like, being a new mom and just having this tiny human to take care of and you feel like you're going to do everything wrong. <laughs> I don't On know, it. but I was just like every new thing just made me so nervous. And then I would finally get up the courage to do it. And then I was always so glad that I did.
0: It's so interesting. Cause I imagine, uh, I don't have kids, but I, I can imagine that there's like, um, there's just this unknown, about each new yes, situation exactly. that you bring that kiddo yes. into. It's like I know how to operate here, but how do I protect my child Have here? With, and what yes, unpredictable exactly. do do what, yeah. and what am I not like what do I don't know? What do I not know about having a yes. kid in this environment?
2: Yeah, and it's like it's all of it is a learning process. And like every year it's different. Like it does I feel like it does get easier, but you still like you still learn as I grow and things change and you're still learning.
1: Mm-hmm. Man,
2: yeah,
0: (laughs) it's like the bravest thing people ever do. (laughs) Uh, I
1: would say, from my personal experience, you go into it not realizing
0: how brave. Well, because if everybody realized it, we would have ended as a species a long time ago. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. Becca, when you were turkey hunting with her, were you using your bow or a shotgun?
2: Um, I was using a bow and. Um, I actually hunted through pregnancy too, which I was also very nervous about. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't actually gun hunted with her. Um, I don't imagine that it would be that much different, except uh, you would want to bring hearing protection for your baby, obviously.
1: Yeah, so we're haha, staring down the barrel of that. Um, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs>
2: sorry, I didn't I mean love to tons. make a pun.
1: <laughs> um, we're heading back to Minnesota in a couple weeks to... Try yeah. to pheasant and goose hunt with guns, and um, we have earmuffs for her. But my <laughs> my my assumption is that she's going to
2: hate them. Mm. So yeah, we got a pair for Isabella, and she didn't really like them that much. But I mean, I don't know what else to say. We I mean, kind of. Have you tried putting out like a hat over top too? Oh, that's
1: a good idea. I, you know, I honestly haven't even tried the earmuffs on her. Maybe that'll like like
2: help prevent her from trying to pull them off. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, we'll do that that later. Okay.
0: Oh, is that is that a turkey call?
2: Yeah, she has. Of course, she pulls out the book with the turkey call sound. She wants a turkey call now, but obviously, (laughs) I'm not going to give her a turkey call while we're doing.
1: Uh that's funny. Can
2: you Becca, can
1: you talk about how sorry, let me phrase this correctly. How has having Isabella changed or shaped the way that you view hunting and feel about it? And like what I don't know, what is it to share this with her?
2: Um, I don't know. It's just I feel like I put less pressure on myself to actually feel tagged. And I've learned to enjoy the, like the actual moment as they come more than I did before. And now that she's like old enough to talk, she's like pointing out all these things. And it's just, it's just a really fun experience.
0: Has she, I mean, cause she's still so young. And so I'm like, we'll have you back in three years and ask you this question again. But, um, <laughs> when you harvest a game or when you harvest an animal, what, uh, is her reaction to, to that? I mean, it's probably something so, that's just so natural to her in her life that.
2: Yes. So like, I feel like people that would be non hunters would be, I don't know how they would feel about it. I mean, it's cute if you're a hunter, but she's just so matter of fact about, Oh, well, that animal's dead and we're going to eat it. Like she thinks that's what animals are for. And it's It's just funny to see how that's how she was raised, so that's how it is to her. And I know every kid's different, so it's hard to say like if other kids would feel differently about it that's
1: I would say that's very interesting to me, but honestly, that is exactly what I expected you to say because. I know <laughs> from my own experience, growing up on a farm, it was uh, death was a part of life, not always an easy part.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: But it, that was just kind of par for the course mm-hmm. for us, and so yeah, I I I'm thinking maybe that's how things will go for Charlie as well. But
2: yeah, I feel like if you just if they just grow up knowing that that's a fact of life, and I mean we're not killing animals to just kill them. She knows that we're doing it to eat them their meat she knows that so I feel like that's important to make that known that we're not just you know going out to kill things we're going out to bring home the meat and she's helped you know fishing and stuff she's helped cut up her fish and I let her help me cook it and stuff so she has a better I guess grasp on the concept Wow, yeah that sounds
1: to me that sounds so rewarding just I mean it has to be right just to see her Yes, it it really is. It's been amazing. What's her favorite wild game to eat?
2: (laughs) She "She likes steak and fish. Steak and fish. (laughs) (laughs) Both good. (laughs) Can you
1: tell us about one of your favorite moments in the field or on the water?
2: This is the one question I wasn't really sure how to answer. Because I don't feel like I have a favorite moment I guess
1: or just like a good one that you remember (laughs) it doesn't have to be the moment
2: probably Okay, so this really wasn't hunting but a couple weeks ago Isabella and I went to check trail cameras and she just went over and she sat down by this giant tree and she was just sitting there all by herself just looking around And then she screams, oh, dear. And, like, I'm just completely oblivious. I'm looking at the card on my little card viewer. And there's this monster buck over by the fence line just looking at us. And then it runs away. And she starts screaming how it had antlers. And it was just amazing how she's just been sitting there quietly. And she sees this. And I am just completely oblivious. Like, I didn't even know. And then she literally talked about it all day. And she kept wanting to go back to that tree because she thought that it was going to come back.
0: Oh, that's yeah. so cool.
2: It was a monster? She said it was monster.
0: <laughs>
2: <gasps> oh my gosh. That's amazing.
1: That is so cool. Yeah. I can't I can't yeah, imagine really cool. what it's gonna be like for her to grow up and have these memories from even before a time when she could remember. You know, like, I remember my yeah. first times in the field because I was like ten.
2: Yeah, exactly. I didn't I grew up in New Jersey where you have to be 10 years old before you can hunt so my dad started taking me i was like seven years old so i like i i don't have i have memories because i was seven but before that like i fished and stuff but
1: So so does does isabella have her own bow
2: she does she has um she has her own recurve which was my first recurve, and it was my dad's first recurve. He got it for Christmas when he was little, so it's like really special.
0: That's lovely. How, and uh, how do you? This is, this question is half in in joke and half in seriousness. Um, how do you talk to her about form? I got
2: <laughs> So, form isn't something I really have addressed yet because I feel like at her age, you just need to make you it just can't. fun. It's fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As long as it's not, as long as her form isn't bad, that like she's going to hurt herself, I just let it be. And she, surprisingly, she has really good form and she has really good release. For I started her when she was two and now she's three and she's amazing. She does so good. And it's just like she just picked it up and she was like a natural. That's awesome. Wow. How long, how tall is her bow? It is taller than her? <laughs> I want to say it's 48 inches and she is 38 inches. <laughs> wow, what a match. Taller than yep.
0: her. Yeah. I love it when parents give their kids in, uh, height in inches. It just makes me happy for yeah. some reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like age in months.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Marsha, do you have a question that you want to ask?
0: Um... Do I have a question I want to ask? I guess I just have a lot of I th- I have a lot of respect and, and appreciation, Becca, for your willingness to um do what you do and bring the kiddo along. Uh because I think there Thank are a you. lot of messages thrown at people that it's that it's not safe um and it's not easy and it would be Yes. easier to just not do it. Um and yes, yeah, and so cheers to not listening to any of that. thank you when so when I first had it, I was like under
2: this i strange idea, strange now wasn't strange then that like I would be able to go out and I would be able to hunt and do all these things, like I would have someone to be able to watch her, my husband or maybe my mother in-law and then like she got here and She wanted to nurse all the time, and then she refused to take a bottle. She didn't want bottles, so, like, she always had to be with me, and I kind of felt like I was losing a part of myself because I wasn't outdoing the things I love to do, and that's what ultimately led me to the decision to take her with me. And then my husband's on the opposite schedule, so if I waited for him to be able to watch her, I would never be able to go. So, like, a lot went into my thought process before I made the decision, but I am, I have no regrets. Like I'm really glad that I did make the decision to do, do it. And I started posting about it on social media in hopes that maybe I could help other parents who were sort of in the same situation. Like we don't live close by to family. We're an hour from everyone, at least an hour from everyone. My family's states away. Um, like not everyone has babysitters or the option of having their kid left at home with a parent with other parents. So, I mean, I just want people to know that it is an option to take them with you. And it's not like this horrible, dangerous experience that people want to make it out to be.
0: And going back to something you said earlier, it's obviously, it's not going to be the same as it was. Um, oh, exactly. It's going it's to be different, different but, <laughs> it's really different. Um, but, it, so but it's, yeah, but it's still.
2: You have to, I just I've, I've done a few articles on this, and you have to make the decision if are you willing to sacrifice or like are you willing to give up the idea of definitely filling your tags to take your kid? because if you are dead set on having to fill your tag, then taking your kid is not going to be for you. Like you have to be okay with maybe not filling a tag at all mm-hmm. that year and just you know getting out there for the experience and enjoying your time out there.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder if. If, um, the thought that because I can see how that's necessary, right? You absolutely have to let go of that. Um, yeah, like
2: yes, mentally you have to like overcome that hurdle,
0: mm-hmm. I
2: guess, before you can.
0: And, gosh, you know, parenthood is hard because <laughs> you have yeah. to make sure that they stay alive, <laughs> and then you also have to like includes yeah. feeding them, right? So I'm just thinking for subsistence hunters, uh, for people who rely on game as um, not only a healthy source of food but as an economical source of food um, and obviously I think that component changes the game a little bit um, and I'm just curious what you if you have any thoughts about that
2: so it's hard for me I know that everyone's situation is different everyone's kid is different So, like, I see moms out there that their kids are fine with hunting in the ground blind and their kids are fine just napping, or they bring their kids tablets to keep them occupied. Like, I feel like there is a way, if you are determined to get out there and continue to do what you love, you just have to adjust it a little bit to include your child. Like, just because a specific way of hunting works for me with Isabella doesn't mean that it's gonna work for someone else with their kid because their kid is gonna be different and I'm gonna be different and you know what you hunt with also like if you hunt with a gun or the compound or a crossbow it's gonna it's just gonna be different.
1: I feel like it's also important to remember it's gonna be different season to season, right? Like as your kid yes, exactly. grows, yes. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. like my Charlie has changed so much obviously since she was born to now four months old. It's like yes. I You know, there are moments where we're, like, panicking, like, oh, my gosh, we can't deal with this one (laughs) minute longer. And then it's over. Like, that is the thing she doesn't do anymore.
0: And then there's another thing that you can't do. That's right. It's so interesting.
2: It never stays stays the same. It's always changing. It's always different. And you're always learning. I know I was going to say something, but I completely forgot. Okay.
1: But but you do always... You do always need snacks. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yes.
2: That is the number one thing I say to bring when your kid's going with you because Isabella goes through the snacks.
1: Whether it's the boob or goldfish, there needs to
2: be yes. something there.
0: Well, and I feel like it starts even before <laughs> yes. that when you're pregnant and hunting in the field. Snacks are, <laughs> that's when the snacks yeah, start.
2: they are. Like I always brought extra food and water. Yep. How did you deal with
1: diapers in the field?
2: Um, I would bring extra diaper and wipes, but I never I was never in a situation where it was like bad, so
0: <laughs> bad as in and mega blowout.
2: Ask, yeah, exactly. Um also like I always tell people for deer hunting, you can't really worry too much about being sent for you if you have a kid in diapers because <laughs> there's nothing you can really do about it. So just play the wind as much as possible and like try and keep your scent down, but you can't really do anything about it.
0: That's so true I, and funny and I've never heard anybody ever talk about that before.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have like I get so many messages on Instagram, emails to my Facebook page asking like parents just emailing me all these questions. And like I try to help as much as I can, but I mean, everyone's different. So I will
1: say I'm I am a firm I'm firmly in the camp of scent is it way overemphasized when it comes to deer hunting like oh
0: i 100% yep. agree
1: you need to play the wind full yep. stop
0: yeah <laughs> yep. i agree it's yeah i feel the same way sometimes about camouflage right like play the wind yes. and move real slow yep. <laughs>
1: yeah i agree 100% and it granted this is yep. coming from the same person who like if we're at a, on a walk in the park and somebody passes me i smell their laundry detergent on them and I'm like oh god <laughs> well- <laughs> I'm pretty sensitive to scent anyway, but still.
0: If you can smell it within a like a five foot radius without any wind, it's too much.
1: There we go. Yeah, That's I a agree. good yep. good rule.
0: <laughs> diapers accepted. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Diapers.
1: Diapers could reach beyond a five foot radius. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well. So, Be- Becca, had you have harvested a deer with Isabel, correct?
2: Yes, I got one last year and I got one the year before.
1: Can you could you tell us one or both of those stories? Because I would just love to hear hear about that.
2: Yeah, I'll just try to make them a little shorter. So the first one, she was oh gosh, one year. Yeah, she was one. She just turned one, and it was actually Veterans Day. It's Veterans Day November? A I day. I it was the holiday in November, and I was hunting public land, and the spot that I wanted to go, there were people parked there because it was a holiday. It was a Monday, but it was a holiday, so everybody was off, so I had to go somewhere else. It was super hot for November, and yeah. I almost went home, and I was walking in, and I spooked a deer. I was like, oh, great, and I almost turned around again, but I just kept going. We did like a loop around the area that I was hunting, and then I just headed back, and that same, I think it was the same deer, was crossing the path again when I went back through, and Isabella was asleep, mm-hmm. so I basically had to make the decision to either immediately shoot or not shoot, so I shot, and she didn't run very far, and she was, like, right by my car, <laughs> right by my car, <laughs> so I got her a field dress, and Isabel was, like, sleeping for the whole thing until, like, I was trying to drag the deer back to the jeep
0: nice Um,
1: this okay this is the thing I was wondering about is how do you pack out a deer when you have a baby (laughs) and backpack on you
2: so it's not easy that was the biggest deer. that was easily the biggest doe I ever shot that she's massive i looking back at the pictures I don't know how I did it but I think it was because my husband had worked the night before he was sleeping and I didn't want to wake him up because I would feel bad because I don't remember no he didn't have to work that night but i just i felt like oh i can just do this myself and i ended up throwing out my back trying to get her in the back of the jeep and then she didn't fit and then
1: she said wow
2: yeah i had to call my husband to bring the truck (laughs) but anyway (laughs) um i always bring some rope and i just put it around their head and i drag them yeah
0: do you tie the rope in like a a harness or do you just like Pull, like wrap it so I'm, i
2: tie it like into a circle and then i loop it around her head and then i have like sort of a handle so that way i have a handle okay. to grab onto. yeah
0: because i've been looking at um i mean most of the deer that i pull out of the woods i like quarter and pack out um because i'm at yeah. least a couple yeah miles most people in. do <laughs> but
2: yeah but i think i try not to go that far
0: yeah it's esp- but yeah i mean right especially with the kid and i think um yeah. especially uh um, I mean, it just, there's different types of hunting, and I've been looking at, like, these harnesses that you can strap around your shoulders, and then they lock around your waist, and then you can tie to them, so you're pulling it kind of like, um, I don't know, like a, like a weight yeah, builder seen, uh, pulling a tire <laughs> kind of thing, where mm-hmm. it's just, the burden is then on your core instead of on your arms. And yeah. Have you ever used anything like that? Um, I have
1: so I'd last, them,
0: they'd probably be really handy.
1: Last year, I invented—I say invented—someone else has done this, but um the purse method. So if you shoot a deer small enough, aka a fawn, you can tie its feet together and just put it over your shoulder after you've dressed it, and carry it out that way.
0: Oh yeah, I've done antelope like that too. Oh I got, yeah, okay, because they.
1: Those antelope, I feel like, are deceptively light probably because their chest cavity is like all lungs, right?
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. and their hair's hollow.
1: Ah, so, yeah. you don't have all that hair
0: weight.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hides are heavy when you take them off, but I think that's because of the skin.
2: Also, okay. in Ohio, like where I live, it, there's not that many hills. So, I mean, there's some hills, but not like mountains where like where I grew up. So it's not as difficult to get something out.
0: Mm-hmm. How frustrated were you when you did all of that work to get it into the Jeep and then still had to call your husband for the truck?
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was convinced that I would be able to get it in there. And all of a send you the picture. I couldn't, I got her in there, but I couldn't shut the hatch.
0: Yeah.
2: And actually last year, my husband got me a cargo carrier that I could put on the back and it's amazing. Like last year when I got my deer, I basically like I only had to lift her a couple inches and then roll her onto the cargo carrier. Awesome. It's like the best invention ever.
0: I've been thinking about, so I, I drive a CRV, which is it's, that's just another reason why I usually quarter my animals because it's really hard to throw (laughs) a deer in the back of a CRV, but I was wondering if I could get something like that. Um,
2: Yes. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I actually have it. I have a truck now but I put it on the truck too. So I don't have to lift it all the way up to the tailgate. If I get one people yeah. are probably going to go, wow, that's really stupid. She has a cargo carrier on a pickup truck, but it's going to save my butt if I shoot one. Yep.
0: Yeah. And you're no,
2: back. <laughs> and you're back.
1: <laughs> okay. Can you tell us about the other deer as well?
2: Yes. Um, so that was last year. It was actually also November, but I felt more accomplished because it was earlier in November. So I got the deer earlier in the season And it was a little bit chillier and we were just walking along and we jumped a bunch of does bedded down. And I just kind of stood there and they all ran away. And then another one stood up that I hadn't seen. She just stood there for a minute and she looked towards where the other deer were going. And then I had to make that decision again, like this split, split second decision, like either you shoot or you don't, but you have no, like do it now. So I shot. And she didn't go that far either. And I was thankfully, I was also close to my truck, so it wasn't as bad dragging her out. And she was good size, but she wasn't as big as the one from the year before. Mm -hmm. Wow. Was Isabella awake when you shot her or asleep? She was like half awake in her pack. I don't think she actually... She saw when the deer ran. Like when I shot it and the deer ran, she saw. Mm -hmm. Sure. But this year, like she sees everything. Like her eyes are like, she's like better than me at spotting things. So like, I don't know how it's going to be. Are we going to see your deer? And then she starts screaming that there's a deer there. I don't know. (laughs) Time (laughs) will tell. We have to be quiet. Then she'll be quiet, but I don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see how this, the season goes. It'll be fun.
0: My, my cousin, um, he's a, he's an avid hunter and his oldest son was born like opening weekend. Um, and so it became this tradition where he like he would just take his kid out with him opening weekend, um, archery hunting. That's yeah, awesome. it's super sweet. But I remember him telling a story once and I would have to revisit it to see how effective it was. But it was at that stage where, yeah, the kid was noticing everything and commenting on everything. And so he yeah. goes, I, I gave him a Tootsie Pop and that lasted about an hour. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs>
2: that,
0: yes. that might be... Are awesome. Right?
2: I always say when you're going around when you're walking with your kid in the woods keep snacks in your pocket for like the opportune moment where you need them to just be quiet because that really works Mm -hmm. words of wisdom
1: okay this I could make this podcast episode like six hours long but we've got a we've got to respect Becca's time here Um, well we're going to take a quick break to hear from the NWF Outdoors podcast we'll be right back
0: howdy Artemis listeners This is Aaron Kindle from NWF Outdoors. We know you love awesome conservation conversations. That's why we want to invite you to check out the NWF Outdoors podcast, where we dive deep into the issues, people, and places that showcase the best of the sporting conservation lifestyle. Guests include leaders, luminaries, and decision makers who define conservation and work tirelessly for fish and wildlife. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts or at nwfoutdoors.org.
1: So we're going to do our weekly closer, which is hits and misses. Um, so it's what have you been aiming for and how did it go? Um, Marsha, do you want to start us off?
0: I do, because I'm super excited about this. So um, this past weekend, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Courtney Bastian for the first time, who is her Upland podcast, Bird Dog Babe um Courtney and she and um Artemis worked with Project Upland to host a forest grass camp weekend. And so I went out and was able to spend all day Friday with them. And it was this uh it, there were 14 women there. Um and Courtney just had this great event full of like shooting practice and ethics and conservation and um, canine care in the field and just jam packed. And then Saturday and Sunday, they were in the field hunting, uh, and they were able to bring their, their dogs with them. So there were like 20 dogs there. It was heaven.
2: Um, it was so,
0: it was so much fun and it was so great to meet such, um, amazing women, uh, and see them in the field and had Hannah, Nick was there, Hannah Leonard from sporting lead free was there. Um, And I made some bear curry and pulled elk for dinner for us Friday night. Oh my gosh. Uh, And yeah, it was just a real good time. Um, And it was great to collaborate with Project Upland on that event.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Huge hit right there. Um, So I have been vaguely abing at trying to go hunting this fall. (laughs) Um, I have some, I have plans for the future, but this morning in the yard, just walking around with a pellet rifle, trying to shoot a squirrel was very invigorating. Um, And so I didn't get a squirrel because they are omnipotent in my opinion. Um, But the fact that I got to go hunting was, was a hit for me. Yeah, that's good. So Becca, what about you? What have you been aiming for?
0: Um, what has Isabella been aiming for?
1: There we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we
2: have been aiming for deer, but that hasn't happened yet. We're only three days into the season, or four days into the season, because it opened on Saturday. So I'm hoping that we can uh, get a deer a third year in a row together. That would be really awesome.
0: Oh,
1: that would be fun. That would be super awesome. Well, here's to hoping for that. Uh, Becca, I know you're on in. <laughs> I know you're on Instagram. Where? How can people yeah. find you on there?
2: Um, it's just Becca Garris, B E K A G A R R I S, and I'm also on Facebook, the same the same name.
1: Hi. Cool. Okay, we can we can put those links in our show notes as well. Thanks for joining us on the Artemis Podcast. We hope you are having a great week. Until next time, be bold, stay curious, and get outside, especially with kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome.